0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Syscast. My name is Matthias Genjar, and today I am very happy to be joined by Matt Holt. Matt, how are you?
1: Good. Glad to be here today.
0: Well, I'm glad that you joined us. Apologies again for the very uh, <laughs> random timing on my part. Um let's hope that never happens again. It's <laughs> all right. Well, um some people may know you, some may not. Um you're mostly known for a very specific project that you did, um the Caddy web server. Um, it's interesting in a lot of ways, so I'm very curious to talk to you about how it came to be, um, why you're still doing it, what what motivated you. Um, but first, could you introduce yourself? How did you get started into programming, and perhaps Go in specific?
1: Sure. Yeah, I. Um, so I grew up in Iowa in the United States, um, outside of town, kind of in a, a rural area, and I didn't live with siblings, or I don't remember living with my older siblings at least when I was younger, so it was just me <laughs> and lots of uh, farmland. So I got into programming, got a few books, and so I've been programming for a little over 16 years, which isn't very long in, you know, compared to a, a lot of the great programmers I know, of course. But um, it's it's been fun. Uh, I started u- using Go uh, at work about Three maybe four years ago now, and um, it's been fantastic. I've been able, I've been able to use Go for most of the projects that I need to do, uh, except for web pages, which I still use JavaScript for uh, in the browser. But Go has been a fantastic language and uh, able to, to serve most of my needs, at least.
0: Well, if you've been doing this for a couple of years, then I think you're one of the early adopters of Go. No, it's not that old. Huh? it's
1: not I think well I think it's version one came out in two thousand was it nine or eleven, but um, I think some of the, the the veteran like the the senior level go programmers are probably been doing it for about six years now,
0: six or seven. well they probably invented the language in the first place <laughs> so, no, <laughs> yeah. impressive impressive really so um, you developed Gaddy, the web server. how did that start? What made you decide that we should have a new web server on top of all the other ones. <laughs>
1: I uh, so I was still in my undergrad uh, at university doing uh, computer science, and I was in a really difficult semester. Um, so I kind of needed a project to to keep me kind of sane on the side. I, I was I couldn't be totally enveloped by school, so um, I worked. I started working on a, a web server it's not that I decided that we you know generally needed a new web server, but i I needed a new web server. I needed something to to match my workflow uh, to do what I wanted to do and work in a way that I wanted to develop websites. Um, I just found it a little tedious to be setting up a, a web server with a centralized config every every time I wanted to work on a new website and um, especially dealing with compilation issues and um, just complex syntax and and configuration nuances and and stuff, I I just wanted a very nimble kind of workflow, and so that's why I, I started writing Caddy. I wanted something with a little higher level control than than the the web servers that are are popular right now.
0: That I can understand, especially if you're uh. If you're just wanting to build a simple website and you think, okay, I'll deploy Nginx, it usually takes a couple of hours, then you have a working version and perhaps then you can get started. Um, So I think from that point of view, Caddy makes a lot of sense because that has simplicity written all over it, Um, which is, I think then, one of the reasons you decided to make it, just to make things simpler, to get to production faster and simpler.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I believe, although I have no research to back this up, I believe that the majority of websites don't have complicated needs. If they're well-designed, you, your needs aren't complex. And I bet that Caddy can serve a lot of websites well.
0: I can definitely understand that. <laughs> um, so, Caddy, what are some of the unique features that you, that, the, that you managed to implement in Caddy that were missing from the other ones?
1: Um, you know, Caddy doesn't have so many unique features as it does like a unique workflow. Uh, there are a few things that stand out though. Um, something, again, I know my own itch that I wanted to scratch was just being able to write Markdown documents to, to, for simple websites that, that I don't have to use HTML for. So Caddy converts Markdown to HTML on the fly during a request. Um, it's fairly fast, uh, at doing that. So that's really nice. And then um, its security features are, of course, fairly unique. Um, Being able to to generate certificates automatically and uh, serve your site over HTTPS by default is is a very unique thing. Caddy is the only general-purpose web server, I suppose, to do that. Um, It can even issue certificates during a TLS handshake. Uh, I call that on-demand TLS.
0: Um, Well, that part is absolutely crazy because if you're a listener and you don't really know what that means, it's like you configure a website and the very first time that you as a visitor browse to that website, it'll fetch its certificate or it will make a certificate signing request, send that to Let's Encrypt, it'll get back a certificate and before the user notices it, or at least I think there's probably a noticeable delay, but... Well, uh, negligible in the grand scheme of things but, but after that it's a valid ssl connection you have a valid green certificates all good
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i mean that that depends on the speed of the certificate authority as well but um it's been it's been interesting to kind of see that being used and then it, of course it does all the usual um ocsp related things and Um, And even Caddy recently now added TLS session ticket key rotation and security feature to preserve um, perfect forward secrecy. And Caddy's the only web server to do that out of the box um,
0: as well. Could you describe in layman terms what that means? If if I browse to a certain website, where does that come in?
1: So um, when you make a, a TLS connection, your browser and the server negotiate some secrets that they share. Um, so that they can uh, verify the integrity of the connection and and encrypt the the communication. And uh, if someone is recording these encrypted transmissions, so there's the idea of forward secrecy. Now, by the way, I'm not a security expert. I'm not a cryptographer. Um, Most of this just comes from my basic security class uh, from my undergraduate uh, college course. But um, what I understand is that perfect forward secrecy when properly implemented, can protect previously recorded TLS sessions from being decrypted if the key is later stolen. Um, so, but and by rotating the keys, um, we it's kind of like flushing a cache, I think. And so, uh, as I understand it, when you, when you rotate the keys, it just limits the window of an exploit if someone is able to obtain a secret. Um, that window is drastically narrowed down. Whereas if you don't rotate the keys at all, it could last for the entire lifetime of the server and someone has a lot more time to, to break in.
0: Okay, so it adds a random element to existing TLS sessions as well. Um, is that correct?
1: Uh, something like that, yeah. <laughs>
0: that, that I can see it can improve security indeed. Uh, um, so Caddy is uh, easy to use, secure by default. That all sounds really good. <laughs> um, well, I'm a sysadmin by nature. Um, I think judging by the website that you created, you're aiming mostly at um, developers to to have a very low barrier to entry to get to use Caddy. Me as a sysadmin, why should I prefer Caddy over something like an Nginx or an Apache?
1: That's a great question. Um, so I, I am not, <laughs> as a disclaimer, I am not actually a sysadmin. I, I don't declare myself to have expertise or skills in that field um but uh, so for the developer of course kati is is appealing because it's kind of a nimble agile as in portable web server that kind of adapts to your workflow very easily as a sysadmin um i suppose some of the a lot of what you do is is involved with setting up uh, systems right like uh, linux presumably and doing deployments exactly yeah, so if that's, if that's your main job, then Caddy is really easy to deploy. Um, it's an entirely self-contained Go binary, and, and this is just a virtue of being a Go program. There's, there's nothing magic here that I've really done. Um, but uh, Caddy is statically compiled, so you can run it on uh, any machine that Go compiles to, even if that machine doesn't have libc installed. Uh, And you can still get pretty much the full full benefit of Caddy um, and all the Go standard library for the most part. Um, So it's a single binary; it's really easy to ship and deploy. Um, And uh, it it still lets you do again everything, most of the things. You know, like that seventy-five to eighty-five percent of what you would need from nginx or Apache uh, most of the time, I should say.
0: That I can indeed uh, also imagine the fact that it's a single binary, that, that everything statically compiled makes from a deployment point of view, everything so much easier. Um, especially now we're uh, on the verge of a Chrome update that is about to break HTTP2 for a lot of web servers because it's uh, going to switch the, um, um, the method in which it negotiates the protocol and the simple um, stupid change that it's going to do is going to require an OpenSSL update, something that is usually tied very deeply into the system because of the dynamic linking that's going on, Um, making an upgrade to something like OpenSSL. Very tricky because you could upgrade it and the upgrade can go fine, but every program linked against it or using its API could suddenly break. Um, Having everything compiled in a single binary that you as a developer control from beginning to output um, is, uh, I, I really like it. I, I can imagine you as a developer as well, just to have something that once you built it and it works on your system, it's going to work on mine as well.
1: Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Let me tell you. <laughs> I actually, so I, I haven't done, uh, there's a lot of hype about like Docker and containerization and and that kind of thing. And I haven't really been caught up in that hype because again, most of my work uh, for my needs has been in Go and and shipping Go binaries is, I mean you you don't need a container, for example. you don't need to manage dependencies in production like you would with a dynamically linked web server uh, or any other dynamically linked software and and another kind of neat thing too is that that go programs are fairly resilient to a lot of the common programming errors that are that you find in C programs. Um, buffer overflows and in like bad memory accessing and, and things like that don't really happen in go it's, it's a little bit more memory safe in that sense
0: that's perfect for deployments as well indeed um i think one of the uh, other main contributors to i think get popularity um and it's uh, it's future growth that i'm predicting um is that you bundle the entire configuration into a single config file that you call the caddy file it's um comparable to something like a vagrant file or a make file in in the sense that it's a single file um, that contains your entire configuration for the web server and you just have to type caddy in the right directory the directory in which you've stored the caddy file and the web server starts with the configuration that you or the developer or whoever um decided that the web server should have was that something that's a, a deliberate choice from the start? Something to make it as simple as possible?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I'm glad you caught that because yeah. So it's inspired by the vagrant uh, way of doing things and the make way of doing things. CD into the folder, run the command. It finds the the file in there to to use as configuration, and then uh, it it just it just works. Um, one of the one of the things that I, I advocate against when people, you know, talk about distributing caddy or packaging it up for certain distributions is uh, like having like a central place for uh, a caddy file. That's like all filled out with all these commented examples. And, and I kind of discourage that because one of my, one of the things I've always had a hard time with not being a sysadmin, <laughs> remember is how to find, so if I install Nginx, great. Where do I go to find its configuration? Uh, I would rather just c d to its to to my site's folder and and just have its configuration live by the site so when I ship my site around, the configuration goes with it it to me it makes more sense that way um, so yeah I, th- I feel like that's a very important part of caddy's kind of uh, agility and and its ease of use
0: yeah I've been thinking about that particular use case a lot uh, in the last few days it's perfect way for a developer to actually ship an entire web server configuration in its most simple form. So instead of having to include an entire Nginx config that Nginx could then include, you're shipping an entire web server configuration for caddy. That doesn't need to be included. It's just the entire configuration as is, Um, which if we're looking at say deployment for a new PHP website, if you have particular uh, rewrite rules or you want to do that markdown to HTML conversion, um, you could try the caddy file, put that in your git repository um, and tell your sysadmin, hey, this is my web server config and it can just run caddy and everything works. I find that rather magical as a sysadmin in the positive sense.
1: Oh good. Yeah. And, um, and I should say too, that the caddy doesn't um, definitely doesn't it tries to make your job as a sysadmin easier, although uh, it can't do your job for you. so the day I launched Caddy um, and it I showed people on Hacker news, and people were visiting it, uh, and the website of course was powered by Caddy, uh, this very early prototype version, and um, the site went down and that's a little embarrassing, right? It is, it is. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't because Caddy was incapable or was doing something wrong it wasn't leaking resources even but it it ran out of file descriptors like it hit the system user like limit so i forgot to raise the u limit for file descriptors Um, now if you run caddy uh, on a production site and and you forget to raise that limit to a high enough value for most sites it'll actually warn you (laughs) a little message there now
0: that's a save default yeah I think another benefit that I'm not sure how long it's been in caddy, um, I only just recently noticed it, is that you have the ability to um, use environment variables within the caddy file. So if you're a developer and you want to test on your local machine a web server on port 8080, because that's convenient to you, um, but the web server is either going to run directly on port 80 or going to be proxied on a variable port. Um, we, sysadmins, still have the ability to choose which port you're going to bind on by just setting an environment variable. I think that's best of both worlds where you can still, um, as the developer, completely um, organize and configure the web server the way you like, but the sysadmin has the ability to run multiple versions of CADdy on multiple ports um, and perhaps puts uh, an Nginx or an, a load balancing proxy in front of it. Um, so that's that's a really perfect use case to me.
1: Yeah, that's great. And, and caddy, we we want it to be environment aware. Um, it has to use its environment. It has to live and work inside, and it's in, inside its environment. Um, what we don't want to do, we have to draw this careful line between um, being, uh, you know, adapting to its environment and being scripted. I, I don't want to get to the point. I don't want to cross this line where you have to script the caddy file, and if you're going to be scripting or, or writing code or logic and having memory or something at that point, we want to just recommend that people use a programming language like go or node or something to write a web server. Um, but again, we're going for like the 75% of use cases that are out there. Yeah.
0: Which brings you, you mentioned a very good uh, topic, um, memory usage, which relates to CPU usage and just resources in general, how does Caddy handle this? Um, It's multi-threaded by default, I think, right?
1: It is, yeah. So we use um, uh, Go's concurrency model, uh, which is, is the Go routines. These are lightweight threads. So a new Go routine does not necessarily spawn a new system thread. The Go scheduler can in some ways be smarter than the system's thread scheduler. Um, because it understands Go code, it understands input-output needs and and timers and and these other kinds of things. Um, And so whatever time the system gives the Go program on the the CPU clock, Go is going to utilize that to the maximum efficiency. And uh, so its scheduler is very good. Um, They've done excellent engineering with that. Uh, and so it's all self-contained in a single process as well, which is nice. Uh, you don't have to be keeping track of all these processes and and daemonizing it even. Uh, so, and maybe that's something we should talk about—is running Caddy in
0: production. <laughs> I'd love to. If you have any best practices for that, I'm all ears.
1: Well, I again, as I am not a sysadmin exactly, I can't. I what I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you how I run the Caddy website and my own websites. Is I actually just. I run caddy usually with no hub, no hub caddy, and then just run it in the background. Put an ampersand at the end. <laughs> um, now, there's disadvantages to that I understand, but it is a very good way to run it. I it's never brought my site down. Um, and that won't necessarily survive a server restart, but you could use an upstart script or something like even a cron job can run a script uh, when the system restarts uh, that just runs that command. But um, it's really easy. Like There's a lot of discussion and some, a lot of problems. It's really easy to do this wrong where you use a process manager or even systemd, um, unless you really know what you're doing on the sysadmin level. Um caddy is not as hard to run as people think i
0: think um i think your examples made that clear it's a very simple config file run caddy and you're good to go i I think what you mentioned is indeed the challenge of keeping it running um nohub is great but gives you perhaps a bit less control of the process um but even a a job server like supervisor or god or any of the alternatives um, would be perfectly suited just to run caddy
1: It can be. Just uh, just know what you're doing. (laughs) So but Caddy has I mean, as far as I have not received a report that Caddy has crashed hardcore in production and needs to be restarted. It doesn't really need to be supervised in that sense, not saying that nothing will ever go wrong or that there won't be a bug someday, but it's very reliable uh, as is.
0: If you're running um you're running the, the Caddy web server directly onto your server, um, does that mean it's running directly as root to bind on the lower ports?
1: Uh, you can do it that way. I don't recommend it um, just because of good practices is to not run as root. You can use the Linux utility setcap and give Caddy the capability to bind to low ports. Mm-hmm. That's typically what I recommend. Some other people get around this by running Caddy in a container and then using like IP tables to forward ports. You can do that however you'd like.
0: Yeah, indeed, there are plenty of ways to do it, uh, one better than the other, or perhaps more how it's always been done, uh, what you're comfortable with, what you're comfortable managing. Uh, it's a bit of, well, I think being a sysadmin is is partly Trusting what you know and how how you're going to do it, um, and a very small part of leaping into the dark, especially in production, it's always a bit tricky to introduce either new software or new ways of running things, um, especially uh, if it's there's no alternative um, so if I'm currently running my my own websites on a combination of Apache and nginx, if I wanted to try Caddy since I'm running my systems on a single server. There's no really there's no alternative to me but to shut it down and start it with Caddy and pray everything works so it's it's a bit um well potentially invasive if you make a mistake to replace your web server um but with a tool like caddy I could actually just make a caddy file for each of my projects um set up a proxy the layer above it so say on my nginx um and to try out caddy without well possibly destroying all of my websites or projects um I think that makes caddy a very Clean project to to get started with or to experiment with. Um, I, I really like that approach.
1: And and you could, I mean, just thinking on the spot here. Depending on your site and your needs, you could even just run Caddy, uh, set it up to run your sites on port 81, or you know some other low port that's not in use, and and just try it yourself that way on on a different port. And then if it seems to be working, then you can switch it out. Um, that work, you know, for for simple sites, something like that
0: might work. Indeed, indeed. What are some of the, the crazy use cases you've seen Caddy be used in, um, if there are any? <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's funny people don't tell me a lot uh, when they're using it. Sometimes people are very excited. I see Caddy used a lot for like personal sites and and small business sites, and that's that's fantastic. Like that's what it is really good at, and it can do bigger stuff too. But um, I don't know, people. I think hesitate to share. They're using new technology sometimes. Um, I don't know, so I don't. I don't have an idea of use. It's just what people tell me. Uh, a caddy doesn't phone home, um, but a couple things do come to mind. The um, uh, recently caddy was was used. So caddy is used by um, a lot of Go programmers as well. And a few weeks ago, um, me and a, another Go um, developer. Uh, Brian Kettleson, we uh, we saw a tweet by a Go developer in Cuba, and he was asking about how, like, asking for help to access the Go website and blog from Cuba. It was blocked because it's on uh,
0: Google's infrastructure. That's a very serious block. If everything on Google is being blocked,
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Because the Go website is totally politically neutral, and anyway, Brian and I felt like well there's no reason we can't we're in the united states we can do him a favor so we just changed a, a caddy file uh, we added literally three lines and one of those was a closing curly brace to uh to the file so 30 seconds later we had this reverse proxy set up to the go website and the go uh, blog for the developers in cuba to be able to access go documentation
0: that's, that's amazing with just three, three lines of code Um, If I wanted to do the same thing in either uh, Apache or Nginx, first I'd be Googling like crazy, um, (laughs) comparing different versions with other different versions and then getting syntax errors and then trying to figure out which kind of proxy I need to do. And I do this for a living. I set up reverse proxies daily. I do not know how to do that by by heart. It's always a matter of going back to documentation or Googling. If you can do that in three lines, well, actually two, (laughs) Uh, if you exclude the curly brace, I think that's... Really amazing for a web server.
1: Yeah, and it was actually an encrypted reverse proxy as well. It was on its own subdomain over HTTPS, um, and that took 30 seconds because Caddy issued the certificate automatically. So uh, any man-in-the-middle attacks would not be able to succeed because it's encrypted via via TLS, and so you can't know exactly the content that's that's going there if if they were watching that.
0: I applaud you, sir. Very nice.
1: well thank you (laughs) wasn't uh wasn't totally you know wasn't me alone
0: no but still it's uh caddy is your baby so the fact that it can do what it does today is perhaps not only in part of you but you've you've supervised it you've had to make decisions um either before or against the current state of caddy so where caddy is today is entirely up to you Um,
1: it's been a great community effort too I have uh, I have seen caddy like people have tried to use it as like a certificate manager because of its TLS features and how it can obtain and store certificates on disk and keep them renewed. Uh, I don't I don't recommend using caddy as a web like a certificate manager um, by like just for that. Use it as a web server. Yes, the certificates are placed on disk, and you can use those in other servers that you need, like a mail server that uses start TLS. Go ahead. Um, as long as you know what you're doing, but but don't don't rely on Caddy just for the the certificate management stuff. Use it as a web
0: server. Well, one of the more um, uh, popular certificate management tools written in Go is I think Lego. Um, was that in part um, forked from Caddy or is it just entirely independent?
1: Uh, so Lego is started by uh, Sebastian Erhardt. Uh, he's a developer in Austria. He's a computer security student there, uh, and I was. So that started because I, I was looking for someone to help implement the Acme specification in Go uh, for use in Caddy. And Sebastian volunteered and and took charge of the project, and it's an incredible project. The code is is pretty clean, and it's... Um, but yeah, it was originally um, just for Caddy, but of course it can be used generally by any Go programs.
0: that just goes to show what kind of... Uh... Additional tools can be spawned by just, well, you have a need, you try to fix it. Before you know it, the world has a better uh, Acme slash Let's Encrypt client. So cheers for everyone. Yeah, it's,
1: it's the easy, well, I'm a little biased. It's the easiest to use. He's done a fantastic uh, work on it. And uh, it's also one of the oldest or more mature Acme implementations out there. Um, probably just second to, to the official client uh, Anyway,
0: so the official client has a very big uh, downside that it's um, rather, how to put this delicately, uh, dynamic. Um, Just launching the tool could uh, run all kinds of things in the background, like suddenly installing a GCC compiler, additional Python libraries without you asking for it, Um, which is, it works. The client does its thing, but it does a lot of things in the background that I as a sysadmin wish it didn't do. Um, So Lego being a single Go binary, um, is again a very big benefit if you want to deploy that it's a lot easier than having to run either ancient python versions or just a compiler onto your system um yeah, the official client has some downsides
1: yeah and and i think recently they actually they don't have technically an official client anymore they've you know moved that over to i think the eff is is kind of incubating that now but um but it, we did actually reference, Sebastian did reference the official client when making Lego because, of course, they, they know it best. And so, but the nice thing about Go, like you said, is very easy to deploy. Um, it runs instantly, no need for dependencies.
0: Yeah, indeed. So going back to Caddy, um, Caddy obviously supports uh, HTTP2, the, the newest version of our protocol. Um, one of the perhaps sp- well, debated is a, is a heavy word, but one of the more um, not lesser implemented features is server-side push. Um, could you explain what that is and, and with where Caddy stands in uh, implementing it? Yeah,
1: so HTTP2 server push is a mechanism by which the web server can preemptively or predictively send resources to the browser before the browser asks for it. So if the server sends an HTML page, it can also send. It can also realize somehow that the client is going to need this image and this style sheet, this JavaScript, and just send those down the wire right away. Um, and we've seen that this um, increases, or decreases, I should say, the, the page load time. So it does have a positive performance impact. The tricky part is uh, the implementation is not really defined in the specification, which is good. Um, but... It's up to the web server to use um, heuristics or um, some sort of configuration that, so that it can know upon a certain request for a resource if it needs to push anything else. And so there's a lot of questions to answer there. There are implementations out there um, that are fairly new. They work. They're new. Uh, Caddy will get one eventually, but
0: we're um, or, or not yet. Do you have any idea what kind of, um, most of the web servers that currently offer server-side push usually do that by um, receiving some kind of additional header from the developer's application and then translating that header into the HTTP server-side push protocol. Uh, Most of them today now use the link header, so it's very easy to set as a PHP or a Ruby developer just add an additional header to your application to tell what additional resources um, could be pushed back to this client. Do you have any idea how Caddy would implement that? Would you follow the same routines? Do you have other or better ideas?
1: Um, I've thought about it a little bit. I'm actually not an HTTP 2 expert. I haven't implemented the spec myself. I've looked through it. And, um, so I like the link idea. I think that's fine. I the caddy mentality, of course, is to take the approach that uses the least amount of configuration and requires the least amount of maintenance. Um, so I will, of course, be closely watching to see what uh, how the Go standard library implements server push, if it ever does. I think there's at least one open issue about it. Um, but I understand they have a lot to do already. Um, but, you know, if it's going to take a while or... Or whatever we may look at our own implementation. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. T- to be honest, I um, I thought it would be kind of cool if you know if Caddy is serving an HTML page, if it could just kind of quickly parse the at least the head portion of the HTML and then just kind of read the links that it needs and and just push those uh, automatically. But again, I don't know what, what implications that has or how good that would be.
0: Well, when the spec was um, mostly theoretical and and not very practical, I first read that part as if the web server could do that. But then, of course, HTTP comes out, uh, Nginx, Apache, everyone starts to integrate it. But the lack of server-side push is one of the biggest um, noticeable ones out there, because I think server-side push was uh, one of the features that got a lot of attention. Um, Perhaps one of the things that got developers excited about the new new protocol of a more efficient way to push your assets your css your javascript into the browser Um, but it's then on the other side one of the most uh, lacking features in most other browsers i think the implementation that you described um, having the web server parse the head or perhaps even the dom entirely sounds really really interesting and at the same time so complicated for you as a developer to make and to make a good accurate decision on which asset needs to be pushed uh to begin with or is is on the same domain or is served on the same web server there's so many tricky edges but the idea sounds so enticing
1: it is enticing and uh and you know server push is actually like although there is a positive performance impact in my opinion not the most important part of http2 um i think more importantly is that you have the connection uh the multiplexing uh the request on the same connection uh, and uh, and the security requirements of HTTP 2 as well um, but so server push will be nice to have but in a way we kind of already do it when we um, when we uh, oh what was the word <laughs> well some there are like hacks for HTTP 1.1 and and some of those hacks kind of emulate server push anyway so most people's existing, sites aren't going to see a whole lot of benefit
0: um but some oh, i agree i think um some bigger websites already did some kind of benchmarking with server push and i think the results at this point are very mixed for for some it's heaven and everyone should be using it for others it's uh meh it works but it doesn't really give you that much of a performance increase um, caching is
1: another issue yeah, but i yeah. i don't even want to think about that right now
0: <laughs> the good news there is there's a new spec in town um, about clients being able to um, tell the web server that they already have a filing cache so they don't receive the push the downside is more work for every web server to implement that uh, spec on top of http2 um, um
1: yeah yeah http2 is a complex protocol yeah, <laughs> yeah. indeed,
0: indeed it's, it's I think the, the, the biggest benefits you already mentioned, the fact that everything's encrypted now, that headers can be compressed, that we're multiplexing. Um, I can attest from the server point of view, um, if there are web servers that are running at one or 2,000 requests per second, um, enabling HTTP2, even though it's not available for all the browsers yet, um, uh, has a, a noticeable decrease in CPU time on the web server. Um, so for busy web servers i think it's definitely the way to go it's stable enough for now um, just to enable it everywhere
1: and it should save some file descriptors too yeah,
0: indeed and a lot less uh weird ass um, TCP session states or or um upper bound port limits that we're reaching uh it solves it, it doesn't really solve them but it eliminates a bit of uh, the problems or it makes them harder to hit in production so that's a good thing
1: and it should cut them down by a third to a sixth. Yeah,
0: indeed, indeed. So, so you can still hit the limits, but it'll be harder to hit the limits. <laughs> so, uh, what are your thoughts on HTTP2 in general? Are you are you happy with the current state? You mentioned that it's not really your area of expertise. Um
1: Yeah, it's um it's good. HTTP2 is fantastic, I should say. And uh, the go implementation is uh is is quite good. Considering its age, and just it will, of course, become more mature later. HTTP 1.1 is what 20 years old yeah, now. Yeah, um, so, HTTP 2, yeah, let's give it some time. Um, I think, let's see, if I remember correctly, there was one obvious omission, which was protocol upgrades. So, um, if you wanted to over HTTP 2, switch to WebSockets, um, I don't think you can do that with HTTP 2. Uh, I might be mistaken, I haven't looked at that in the last almost year. But, um, and then we were also having some issues with, uh, recently, and I think this might be a Go-specific issue, not necessarily an HTTP2 spec issue, um, but we're having some issues with, uh, browsers keeping the HTTP2 connection alive until the browser is closed. (laughs) Like a very extreme, um, interpretation of, of persisting the connection to the point where it was interfering, it's interfering with, um, with certain caddy process like restarts so if you reload the config file um caddy can do that gracefully but uh anyway there's some weird behavior going on with http 2 and long-lived connections and restarting so like edge cases yeah, yeah. but http 2 is great
0: well, it's new so I'm, I'm guessing uh give it a couple of years or just a couple of months uh we should especially now that more and more people are actually implementing its server side as well um, we should see vast improvements coming soon right yeah switching back perhaps to the more of the the human side of what caddy is um you've invested a lot of time into caddy is, is that a full-time job for you now is it still a hobby project um how does that go it
1: feels like a full-time job sometimes um it it has kept me busy i love it it's a lot of fun but no caddy doesn't pay the bills of course i have i have contract work for that um and I'll be starting grad school in the fall, and so that will help as well. But, um, yeah, so it's it's not a full-time job. I do work on it a lot, every day at least. Um, there's enough work to be done that it could fill a full-time job, but one, I won't do that until it's sustainable, which maybe someday will be. It'll be kind of neat.
0: I think um, one of the... Um visible changes you did a couple of weeks ago was you um next to the download button of caddy i think you added a very big donation button just to say hey, this is free software i'm making this for free if you want help out make a small donation without discussing any numbers how is the open source community are they supportive or are we all just freebooters waiting to download go uh the caddy for free and never buy you a, a beer for uh for thanks
1: you know um it's, it uh, It has been working out in the sense that, um, like, open sourcers, you know, if you're an open source developer, you know how this works. And um, so I just, I don't know, I just appeal to people's goodwill. And again, like I, I've said before on this matter, it's not a business plan, but it's nice to be compensated a little bit for, for the time and, and the value it provides. Um, and... Uh, it's, it's an option that's available if, if you feel like that's something that you want to do. Um, but again, it's not something I'm leaning on. I don't have expectations. Um, but it can be motivating. Like if I've been working on a, a really difficult bug or frustrating designed issue for a day or two, you know, and then I wake up to a notification that someone donated, it can be really motivating and just kind of be that kind of breath of fresh air. And I want to encourage people to do, to donate to any open source project, not just caddy, but any project that you benefit from that makes your life easier. Um, You know, give the developers a little bit of a push, a little bit of a high five, so to speak. And uh, it'll help motivate them, especially if they help you with like support issues
0: or something. Exactly. I think if you mentioned it, it feels like a full-time job. I think for a lot of open source developers or developers that have projects to similar popularity as yours, it, it has to feel like it. It, it, it's it's not like you're getting one request per week. I think your issue list in GitHub uh, fills up daily. It's either it's a full time or a, at least a daily job to keep that clean and to, to respond to questions. If you do it weekly, you probably can't keep keep up um, and you wouldn't have the, the popularity, the momentum that Caddy has today. Um, I fully applaud the idea of of supporting open source developers. At the same time, I think it's a difficult one. Um, It puts uh, the the value that you're getting out of it into the hands of whoever downloaded your software, who who maybe can't evaluate such software. I mean, if you were to um, go Microsoft style and package caddy up in a big box, put it on a shelf in a store somewhere, how much would you charge? it's, It's a very difficult question, I think but open source is so underappreciated. Um, I hope that one day you can make this your full-time job and be compensated fully for it. Um, I I truly hope that day ever comes. At the same time, I'm not sure if the open source community is appreciative of of such initiatives.
1: You know, there are mixed opinions about it. I I do believe that the open source community at large does appreciate um, the open source projects that they use, even if they don't make it known. They do appreciate it. And, um, and I can tell, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a tricky issue because, uh, I mean, if, if you run a project that is, is larger or is growing, you, if you want it to be a little more sustainable, the question is, well, do you, do you go for a little bit of, um, of, I guess, compensation from a large, portion of your user base, or do you go for a large compensation from just a few of your users? Um, Because I think like getting someone to donate $5 is very different than getting someone to donate $5,000. Oh yeah. Um, And, and so how you, how you operate that and, and, and put that value or put that money to use is, you know, those are different questions to answer for any open source project. I mean, ultimately I do it just because it's fun and I love to see people using it and seeing their lives uh, better. Well, (laughs) I mean, their development, you know, their their (laughs) lives on the computer (laughs) better because of it. Um, But yeah, those are all
0: difficult questions. I think that what motivates most open source users is just to get a kick out of seeing how many people use it, how many problems you help solve, And at the same time, I can totally understand the little voice in your head saying, if I spend this much time developing a project, surely I should get something out of it. Um, So yeah, I I hope that, I I think the, yeah, it's just a difficult one.
1: Yeah, because everyone's situation is different. Um, So between like this December and this August, I'm right in the middle of it right now, but I'm between undergraduate and graduate school. So I haven't opted to take on like a full-time job right now just because it's kind of an awkward timing in my life. Uh, and, and that's just my situation, you know? So donations do help. Um, I have work of course to pay the bills, but donations help. And, uh, while, while I will be a student, I think that will be, will be valuable and appreciated as well. So, but then when I'm done with school, I can give back to the world and even, uh, I think on an even bigger scale or more, I don't know. I can put that education to good use and and give back more. So it's all just it all just depends.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, speaking of uh, well contributions, but perhaps in the other sense of the word, I'm sure you've received pull requests to caddy that may what add features or code that you perhaps didn't want or that didn't suit your style or your needs. How do you deal with that? How do you tell people that that invested time and energy into contributing to your project that it's just not good enough and you're going to decline that pull request that seems like such a hard thing to do <laughs>
1: it is um when you know someone has put in effort even if it's a small change they went ahead and took the initiative to make a change that that can improve the project uh, as far as their understanding goes so we have an open discussion. This is a skill that I'm still learning and will be trying to master my whole life. But cause this is a people problem, right? Like pull requests, they're, they're not about code as much as they are about people. So we have an open discussion. I give Frank feedback and, um, and I always try and give a thank you, of course. Um, and And most pull requests end up actually, at least with caddy, they end up being accepted uh, at some point um, or just deferred or closed temporarily, you know, until a certain phase is reached. And then we can look at this again. So some are just like a temporary closure and that kind of helps ease the the blow a little bit. Others, I mean, I've had to close some that just aren't in line with the uh, philosophy of the project or would introduce a maintenance burden that I don't want to personally assume and so I just we just talk about it and I just have to be open and frank and and just very very grateful, but a lot of times pull requests can kind of be massaged into something that we can accept and um, so you just kind of have to to work with it and be diplomatic and and lay aside <laughs> your pride and realize that the community like they know their needs better than I know their needs
0: oh, yeah and but if they want to um a very particular niche problem of caddy that that you might not like to like you mentioned if they provide you code their job is done but you still have the maintenance burden Um, they may not be entirely up to it to to keep maintaining that code for the years to come Um,
1: so and, and that was something yeah so early on we after it was launched shortly, we started getting a lot of pull requests and feature requests for things that I didn't believe lived in the web server, at least. But it would be really useful to have. I could see that. And so we I, I redesigned a little bit of Caddy, and I'm actually still working on this um, right now. But you can extend Caddy and write add-ons. And so um, so the first such add-on was a Git add-on that that deploys your site with a Git push. Um, really useful, super awesome to have that built into your web server, but at the same time, not something that fits into caddy core, you know, that ships with everything with every to everyone. So, um, our answer to meet people halfway to still be able to accept their feature requests, the develop the, the features they develop for caddy, but not have to completely deny or refuse their pull requests. And also most importantly, to avoid sharding the project into all these different forks that have different features and have to be maintained. And then you get like these old code bases that are out there running. And to avoid all of that, you can submit an add on and and we can deploy it and and make it available through Caddy's
0: download page. I think that's, that's again, one of the best of both worlds scenarios. You still allow the contribution at the same time you, um, avoid having to take responsibility for it that that sounds a bit harsh but it's 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 indeed a maintenance burden that you said it's not just a drive-by pull request that adds a feature that user x wants but user y will complain about um it it separates it from the core of the project i I think that's a very good decision um for for long-term maintenance yeah okay um what's it what's it been like been you've been running caddy for a year now two years how long has it been okay how is the community around it uh, have you had any positive or negative experiences um i think you're interacting mostly with the go community i'm I'm from a php background so go is still a um well pretty obscure language to me i don't know the community at heart uh
1: it's uh, you should get to know it. I actually came from the PHP community, um, and uh, anyway, I I found uh, yeah the Go community is great too. Um, so the community has been fantastic. They've been growing, and I've been I've learned so much from them. I <laughs> I'm learning more from this than anyone. I think it's probably unfair, but um, so it's been a lot of fun to to work on the project, to work with the people who are also interested in this and involved in this. It can be stressful and demanding at times. I think part of that is just kind of a psychological illusion, you know, in myself. It's, this isn't a paying job. I don't actually owe anyone anything, but I still want to deliver. I still want to, to make great things out of this. So I, I just try to have fun. Um, we, we just learn and we have a good time together. People come and go, but we have some long timers who, who really are able to help a lot.
0: I like the accidental word pun, we come and go. Um, I I think that's indeed the case. It's community, it lives, it it evolves. Um, I hope to see it still here for the the years to come. So uh, perhaps I should get involved in the Go community. But at the same time, PHP itself can can already be a a hassle, or perhaps not a hassle. It can be intensive to keep up. Uh, Another community could just make it even more impossible to do
1: well here maybe actually this reminds me we can ease your transition because uh, i think just today uh, laravel valet you use laravel uh,
0: i have used it in part and i have been very curious about that mysterious tweet that you uh retweeted from taylor the, the creator of laravel so do tell
1: yeah so uh today he shipped valet 1.1 1. 1, i believe which um, has Caddy built into it. So instead of using PHP's built-in web server, it uses Caddy. And it, uh, he says that the switch was to allow them to. It, it does the same thing, but it will give them more capabilities in the future. Um, to to I don't know. But Caddy is also a production-ready web server that. So I imagine. I actually don't understand the, the choice fully. Um, I agree and so totally support it. I think this is a great use case. Well, because Caddy is, is built, it is a great server for development as well. Um, it's kind of the point to make it easy. Uh, and so uh, anyway, if, if, uh, <laughs> if you end up using Caddy to serve PHP and you want to improve it or whatever, feel free to dive in to Go.
0: i think from um if we switch back to php and laravel i think taylor the the creator of laravel i think he made a wise choice choosing caddy here because previously they shipped uh, a vagrant machine um, with pre-installed software called homebrew which works fine it's just vagrant up in uh, the the project directory um, and it'll get your virtual box instance running and it will work but at the same time it's quite the overhead it it takes a, a bit of time for vagrant to boot um, it takes CPU and memory cycles for the Linux uh, machine to be emulated. I think the idea of Valet was to have a much simpler and faster way to develop and test applications on your Mac or your Windows or your Linux. I think Caddy fits in perfectly there for the, the simplest possible web server, yet at the same time giving enough flexibility um, to, to offer any kind of support that, that the developer might need. So I think it's a very wise choice. Yeah,
1: I, I do too. I was looking at it even uh, Valet will even set up uh like a local host um development domains like uh in your host file for you, so that you can even load your development site on a real domain and
0: uh and stuff. So it's pretty cool. And perhaps if this trend continues we'll see uh we'll start to see caddy files pop up in Git repositories everywhere. And uh soon we'll just start to run our web servers like caddy instances, sort of like simplified Docker machines. Um to get a configuration going indeed as a closing topic um what uh well you obviously develop caddy you spend a lot of your time in it what other open source tools do you think the listeners to this podcast should keep track of or know about or look into um what 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 do you think is one of the coolest open source projects there is today
1: so i i thought a lot about this because um i i Again, I I don't know the sysadmin community quite as as well as I'd like. but um, And so I can recommend a lot of the specific tools and projects I use. For example, if you wanted to write Go using Sublime Text, I have a great list of open source projects that integrate really well there that I recommend. Um, But to the wider community... um, you know it's kind of tricky. There's a pro- of course this is a Go project, but there's a project out there that I think almost any developer, any sysadmin could benefit from, and it's called Gogs, and it's the Go Git service. Uh, it's written in Go, um, but it, it's kind of like a a GitHub replacement or a GitLab alternative. Um, but it's again it's written in Go and very easy to to set up and and start running. Like you might imagine, has a beautiful web interface. I think that's a fantastic project. Uh, And Joe, who's been, uh, well, that's his um, English name. He's been working on that for at least a year and a half, two years now. And um, it's a fantastic project.
0: I saw that pop up, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, Just by the screenshots of it, um, I can... Believe you when you say that he spent a year or a year and a half to uh, working on it. And that that's probably not just the weekends because the uh, the result that that delivered in that project is stunningly beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's
1: a student, um, or at least he was when I met him a couple of years ago. Um, so he's he's brilliant. He's busy. He's doing really good work.
0: I get the feeling that most of the Go uh, developers are students. <laughs> they deliver. They all deliver beautiful projects, as far as I'm concerned. That's great okay um great unless you'd like to uh, entice us with some more caddy goodness i think we can wrap up here
1: i have nothing to add at
0: this point okay matt if uh, listeners wanted to uh, catch up with you how could they find you online
1: uh you can follow me on twitter i'm at mholt6 and that would probably be the best way
0: and the caddy web server lives at which address
1: Oh, at caddyserver.com. And that's, of course, with an HTTPS. Obviously.
0: (laughs) I'll uh, add all of those links in the show notes. So if people want to click through, they can. Okay, Matt, thanks a lot for your your time um, and the uh, hectic schedule to get this going. Um, (laughs) No problem. uh, This was the first recording for me. I'm very happy that you were the very first guest on this podcast because it's been really interesting for me. Um, And I hope I can keep this trend going because if all of my guests are like you, this shouldn't be a problem yeah well i
1: hope it'll be this is a great podcast
0: so i hope it'll be a success thank you very much Kate okay, matt take care yeah good talking to you bye, bye.